Hashtag MSW. You may begin to feel anxious or excited. Honest, deliberate, engaging, uncensored. High dosage administration can cause adverse reactions. And most importantly, independent in mind and execution. This is a normal response. Are you ready? Marawa Sports Worldwide. The person who played in Spain for Barcelona is Lionel Messi. Where is he ending his career? In the USA. And they appreciate him. Yeah. They appreciated you in the USA. Mm-hmm. You've rocked a nation Aww. verbally today. Wow. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to, be, to hear that. <sighs> Let me not cry. Let me not cry and drink some water. <laughs> yes, people. <laughs> we don't want the tears, man. We don't want the tears. I mean, you have achieved more than most. Wow. She, she strides in here, bodyguards and all. And I'm thinking, hey, what is going on? Let's leave it for those who are now officially... On Sasa Grant. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I get to meet the real Robert Marawa. Is he a false one? <sighs> I don't think so. <laughs> they shouldn't be, but man, I, I don't know. I can't explain to words out of this world. South African people, I'm so glad that I met Robert Marawa today. My application has been accepted. Thank you. Has been approved. <laughs> hey. Robert Marawa, live on 947. Boomer FM, Rise FM, and Sowetan Live. Hashtag MSW. Friday nights, always. This is how we do it. About our beloved legends. Pull up your chair. Let's chat legendary stuff. Marawa Sports Worldwide. That's the beautiful thing about Fridays is that it really takes us to a place that we all love. It takes us to a place that we all want to be a part of. And when you hear that, when you hear it say that it is Legends Night, no doubt, please believe it. Because not every former player is a legend. I think we need to get that out of the way. There are certain people that really strive for so much more, that have accomplished so much more. And that's why I always say not every former player is a legend. And that is why you will appreciate why today we, we I mean, we, we celebrate, we, we're excited. I think this entire building uh, has been excited just from his presence in it. Oh, I want to take you back to earlier days. I want to take you to the 90s. Football back then was just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And if you were privileged enough to watch this man right at the beginning of his career, you'll agree with me that his finest hour if you go back to the 1998 World Cup, I mean, it didn't come as a standout player in a successful or groundbreaking team, but rather as a performer of rare individual excellence. I mean, that lineup, it flattered to deceive. And I'm taking you to France 98. I mean, that represented a premature unraveling of Nigeria's golden generation, the greatest team Africa's most populous country has ever known. And I'm not just saying that. Ultimately, the landmark summer for this legend who made the squad of the tournament. What bravery and confidence that he possessed. <laughs> and he still does, just in his depth pursuits these days. I mean, he's the most fashionable football player that I know. During his heydays, though, it was his dribbling wizardry. 
you almost turn this magical, metaphysical characteristic into something tangible. But confidence dripped off his boots as he skipped past defender after defender. Quick feet and even quicker imagination. And he never scaled to the uppermost echelons of European football summit, uh, one could argue. But grounds that he graced on the continent and the hearts that he touched back home in Africa, I mean, we'll remember him as one of the greatest in the sport. Augustine Azuka Okocha is my guest here tonight. JJ Okocha, as we all know him. Good to see you, sir. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Sure. You, you might as well join us here. We, we, we love to have you in South Africa. What do we have to pay to make sure that you stay behind? Well, I, I think uh, I find a second home here. I'm yeah. always here, you know. I'm at home here. Yeah. I love it here. I feel so welcome. And uh, it's such an honor to be here, you know. And yeah. I love it here. I think people love you too uh, because of what you brought I think you've learned now, post-retirement, what football does to people. I think you realize now how people appreciated what you did. You might not have realized it at the time. I think when you're playing football, yeah, you see, okay, people love you. They run after you, want to take photos and stuff. But what has football post-retirement meant to you? I mean, uh, like you rightly said, you know, when you're at your peak, you know, you think it's normal. You think uh, that the love that people are showing you it's normal. Mm. But when you retire and people still show you love, that's when you start appreciating, you know, the effort that you've put in, you know. Um, I always say that as a person, it's important to win hearts. Mm. You know, no matter what your profession is, if you can win hearts, then you've done well. That's an important way of looking at it, to win hearts. Which hearts do you think you managed outside of the Nigerian population? Obviously, when you represented the Super Eagles, they loved what that golden generation did. But when you realized that you touched hearts in South Africa, in Ghana, in Egypt, and across the world, what does that do to JJ? Well, I mean, it's it's difficult for me to find the right word to yeah. explain it, you know, because uh, it overwhelms me, you know, um, the, the kind of love that I receive from people, you know, even in some places that I don't expect it, even some places that I think I'll walk past, you know, yeah. without anyone noticing that I'm the one, you know. So it's, it, it is great. It is amazing, mm -hmm. you know, and I am very grateful for that. When, when you go back and an, a younger J.J. Okacha... Was football always part of the family? Was football something that inspired? Were you the first in the family to venture into the sport? Not at all. Football yeah. uh, has been in the family. My father claimed that he played. Oh, claimed. <laughs> <laughs> because I said claimed because we never saw his video. We no never, evidence. <laughs> no evidence, you know. But maybe because then um, things were different, yeah. you know. And, of course, I could tell that he played because of the way he encouraged us. I've got two brothers, and both of them played. One even played for the national team. But then uh, I think they inspired me, yeah. you know, because the rivalry was already in the family. 
you know so yeah. we were trying to be better than uh, each other you know and at the end of the day uh, i think uh, managed to take the the name to another level i was about to ask then who of the of the brothers and father do you think was the best and i think you've just answered that no i think you it's obvious <laughs> <laughs> it's like case closed no argument but going and i i love to take the journey i know that there was life before germany um but landing up in germany for you was there an agent were they scouts how did that all happen because people constantly ask how did jj okocha end up in germany i mean that's that's what is special about my story yeah. you know because uh, it was not really planned i i just finished secondary school signed fine fine team uh enugu rangers which for me was like a dream for every kid that is that was interested in playing football mm. then where i grew up in enugu and then uh, my brother got an invitation for me to go to germany for a holiday because one of his friend uh, friends were playing there for a third division club in germany mm. and then i i took that offer because Germ- germany just won the um world cup then yeah. so i went and of course uh, as a football lover i always go everywhere with my football shoes yes so uh, ready I, for action <laughs> so when i got to germany i was staying with uh, my uh, brother's friend mm-hmm. uh one day i went to training with him and i asked the coach if i could train with them he said well um yeah you can why not so i think they were all surprised even my brother's friend after the training the the coach asked me if i could come back the next day you know so he was blown away with what he saw so i said why not so the next day i went back it got even worse you know yeah and i ended up um training with them for like two weeks and they offered me a contract wow and that was how my career started in europe so when you say unplanned that is unplanned because you just went yeah. there and you had your boots there and you so around board, like, yeah, let me go kick. Exactly, because I went with a, uh, a visiting visa. I had to go back home and now get, like, work permit before uh, my move was permanent, made permanent. But the club helped you because they wanted you to sign immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, for them as well, it, it was a, a good deal because they got me for free. You know, they didn't pay anything for me and... I was barely 18 then. Well, I hope they made up for it by the salary that they gave you. Not really, you know Not how, even. how you know <laughs> you know how cheeky they can be, you know. Here is an an uh, African player unknown player with no agent, you know. He 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 has the desire to stay as well. Yeah. You know, we might as well, you know, offer him just enough to uh to stay, you know, or to get by. But when you look back at that, do you believe, though, that they took advantage of that? And uh, had you been with an agent, had you been with a representative of some sort, you would have been able to gain so much more? No, not at all. You know, I always look at the positive side, you know, because all I needed was an opportunity. 
you know, I could see the the bigger picture, you know, and and I could see the bigger opportunity if I do well, you know. For me, I needed a a place to start, and that that was a perfect place for me to have started. Fascinating conversations that one usually has with African players who go and play. I mean, obviously at this stage, we haven't spoken about going to the higher division. You're still playing in the lower division. How are you finding the whole cultural switch over uh, from what you're used to, to to Germans who from time to time, they, you know, people say, ah, there's a racist part of Germany, you know, up until even in recent times, you still see it in Champions League. Uh, you see it in Russia, you see it in Germany and so on. How are you accepted at that stage? Well, at, at the beginning now, I will confess that it was difficult. You know, you're in a new place, no friends, no family. You can't even understand the language, you know. But um, I found my freedom on the pitch. You know, whenever I'm on the pitch, you know, it's like I'm free. It's like I've got the right to express myself. And uh, I quickly realized that that was the reason why I was there, to play football. You know, and whatever happens off the pitch, I will not take that goal of mine away, you know. Uh, and I try to ignore whatever that happens uh, off the pitch, you know. So I take it from what you're saying, JJ, that your teammates were very supportive. But it was just the, the society outside of football that maybe were acting differently or... Well, they, they, they have no choice but to be nice to me. Otherwise, yeah. they won't get the ball. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but of course, it's not everybody that, that, that can be your friend as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, they've got no choice. Especially when you're the playmaker of the team, you're needed. <laughs> because you could keep the ball all to yourself. You could use it from the, the back, going oh, to midfield. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah. It, that was my gift. Yeah. You know, I can decide to be selfish and keep it as long as I want and buy fouls or whatever, you know, if I don't want to lose it. Uh, <laughs> that is crazy. But do you think there was a a recognition of your talent? And, and why I say that is that I think I remember Glenn Hoddle when he came to South Africa, um, you know, Tottenham Hotspur coach at the time, playing against an Orlando Pirates team, and, you know, Glenn Hoddle, because, you know, the, the players started turning on the magic. They started doing, you know, your J.J. Okocha type of magic to them. Yeah. And he would say at a post-match interview that the players are being disrespectful, you know, because he didn't take kindly to the kind of trickery uh, that they had. Was that the same or there's more appreciation for what you were doing? Well, I think some people were against it, you know, especially if you are no an opponent, yes. you know, if it's not going in your you don't like it, you know. I mean, imagine if we are leading 2-0 or 3-0 mm. and it's five minutes to go. That's where, where I use my natural gift to win the game for my team. I will delay the, the match, I will keep possession, I will buy fouls and yeah. all that. And if you're the manager of uh, the op opposing team, you won't like it, you know. I, I think um, it's important also to learn when and how to use it for your mm -hmm. team and not mm -hmm. overdo it, you know. But it, 
it comes with a risk as well because <laughs> listen to you saying don't overdo it. <laughs> we have seen clips of you overdoing it sometimes. Overdoing it. Oh yeah, I mean, it, that, that's why I'm human as well. You know, you no, get carried away sometimes. Which is beautiful because yeah. that's why those clips now, JJ, on on a new media platform of TikTok mm-hmm. are making the rounds all over again. People are watching it. Millions of people liking what you were doing to poor Oliver Kahn back in those days. That says something. Well, yes. I mean, I I realize when I went to Europe that I need to have an identity. Yeah. Otherwise, I will, I will be special. Otherwise, there won't be any difference between the home base players and you being a foreigner. How would they sign you? How would they accept you if you're the same? Yeah. Like they are. So I realized that it is important to maintain that African, you know, identity. In the same way that a Ronaldinho would identify with the Brazilian way, would add his spice and take it to uh, big stages in Europe, Spain, you name it. Um, when we come back from the break, we continue a fascinating conversation. Our guest here tonight is JJ Ogotcha. You know him. You can send your, send your voice notes. Any questions? I'm sure there'll be plenty of comments as well. Hashtag MSW live now. on 947 Vuma FM, Rise FM and Soweto Live at the same time. Hashtag MSW. Yeah, we are back. JJ Okacha, what does that remind you of, sir? <laughs> well, uh, hey, I mean, great, great memories. Any particular one that it takes you back to? Um, that's Champions League. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turkey, a little bit. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think. Uh, we broke Man United's home record. Yeah. Oh, Fenerbahce. Yeah. And I haven't stopped. I think there's something about uh, Man United and Turkish teams. I think you saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, Man United were having another tough time. Yeah, Galatasaray. Yeah. Uh, did the damage as well. I mean, uh, it's always great to play against Man United because uh, you... Most of the time, be the underdog. Yeah. So you've got nothing to lose. Is that for you the the greatest competition, football wise, club football wise, in the world? Uh, oh, it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's not called Champions League for yeah. for nothing. You know, you you're playing against champions you know, in their own right as well. You know, if you're playing against the first best four teams in every league yeah you know it, it is tough and it's exciting you know as a player that's where you want to be you want to challenge yourself yeah you want to prove that you belong there you belong amongst the best do, do you believe though comparatively because we've also got the champions league on the african continent uh, that one day we'll get the kind of exposure the kind of i mean what we're talking about now it being the greatest, given how many African players are now playing in Europe. But here in Africa, yes, there is the Champions League. But it's not as, as, as big as what we see in Europe. What do we still need to do, JJ? Uh, we need to strengthen our own local leagues. Yeah. You know, um, that's where our weaknesses lie. You know, not playing enough 
competitive football locally. Yeah. You know, automatically affects the standard of our Champions League. So we have to improve our local. Now, I want to take you back, and I don't know how much of this you remember. Open to Bolton. But it will be Okocha. Oh, he scored! Thomas Sorensen completely rock-footed. And JJ Okocha's decision to stay on and play in this semi-final first leg as Pink has very, very quickly jumped five. The wall was ineffective, but the free, the free was absolutely lethal from the Nigerian superstar. Thomas Sorensen can't be too sure what to expect. Gotti and Davis having to thrive on any scraps that might appear. Yori Jokair and Okocha. Oh! Fantastic! It really was worth waiting. He was very keen to stay for this semi final rather than travel off to the African Nations Cup. Delaying that until tomorrow. And how relieved Bolton must be. This is simply awesome. Power and accuracy. It simply fizzed past Thomas Sorensen. Beaten on his near post. And beaten twice now by the magic of J.J. Okocha. The magic of J.J. Okocha. Power and accuracy. Hey, I saw you smile there when you were listening to that. Hey, what was going through your mind? Visualizing? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it brought back yeah. a lot of memories, you know. Um, that was special, yeah. you know, because Bolton was uh, such a small team in England, you know, and uh, for us to have taken the club to another level, uh, that was semi-final of uh, Carabao Cup against Aston Villa. I had to delay uh, my, my uh, journey uh, to Afcon yes. because of that game to see if I can help and give us a good advantage, you know, before joining my national team, teammates. And uh, yeah, luckily I scored two goals and we 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 got a good margin, you yeah. know, that that helped, you know. But it's a free kick double. I mean, uh, it was one of my specialities, specialities huh? you know. Um, because, uh, yeah, I could strike the ball. But when you go back to, to that, yeah, I mean, that's 2004. And um, I think you even had a broader smile when you started hearing the fans um, singing. Because that's what they do. They, you come in as a player and then they will create a song for you. What did that mean to you as a player? And you're looking at all these fans in the grandstand singing your name like that. I mean, it, mean, it means the world to yeah. me, you know. It means uh, everything for, for a player, you know. Uh, I, I think, especially English fans, mm. they love their football and they understand their football. And what they cherish is a player that plays from his heart, you know. You, yes, you can have a bad day, uh, but once you're giving it, you're giving it all, they see that mm. and they appreciate that and they... And they embrace you like one of them and for me that's the minimum requirement as a football player yeah you know you must put sweat on your jersey no matter what you can have a bad day with your dribbling skills you can have a bad day with your free kicks 
You or, having a bad day with your <laughs> dribbling skills, I can't imagine that. <laughs> uh, well, it can happen. Yeah. I'm just saying it can happen, but you can never have a bad day running. I hear you. Know? you. So, so it's all about first thing first, effort, yeah. and then the rest will follow. So that, that appreciation level for you, Germany versus English Premiership, who and who do you think as a, as a player? I mean, I know we'll, we'll get to the Bundesliga, your ambassadorship, and, and all the hard work that you continue to do even, even up until now. Uh, but from a, a fan appreciation towards you, yeah. where was it at its highest? I, not even in, in both countries. Not even? Yeah. It Turkey? Was, it was in Turkey. I thought so. It was in Fenerbahce. Those fans are mad. They are crazy. I mean, uh, I've never seen anything like that before, you know. People die for their club. They, they die for the love of the game. But what is it about Turkey, though? Because, yes, we've seen Turkey as, as a national team pop up, do great things, but never consistent. And yet the local leagues that we were talking about earlier on, it is incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's that maybe con consistency, you know, and also um, in terms of quality, you know, um, it is divided. Yeah. You know, you have the big four and then you have others that are, that looks like they are making up the league. You know, uh, you can always predict mm. who the top four will be and who the uh, the rest will the be. rest will be it's know, almost so. like a Scotland <laughs> yeah, exactly so yeah. you know I think that's that's why um, it looks like it affects them uh, when it comes to Champions League and all that Sauter kommen Sie nahen Sie nehmen Sie nahe genießen Sie es folgt ein Top Highlight Okocha hier ist er Okocha JJ Okocha immer noch JJ Okocha noch ein Dreher noch einer und drin Er sein Trikot vom Leib, tanzt noch einen Samba fürs ausflippende Publikum. Ekstase im Waldstadion. Das haben wir seit Libuda nicht mehr erlebt. Das ist das Beste, was der Fußball bieten kann. Oh, wie ist das schön. Oh, wie ist das schön. Liebe Zuschauer, die Zeit für meinen Bericht ist zwar... You remember that? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to walk out of the studio if you said not. <laughs> and obviously, you understood the language, so you have no problem with that. And that's why we decided to bring it authentically to you. Walk us through that moment, man, because, wow. Well, uh, it was uh, 1993. Yeah. Uh, I entered Frankfurt. And uh, I remember I was a regular before... Um, we got a new coach, you yeah. know, Top Muller. And uh, you know how it is sometimes. If they want to get you of the team, they will say that they want to change the tactics of the team. They want to change the shape of the team. But you will be the only one. They change it. That, <laughs> that they, they will change, you know. So it happened that on that game that yeah. he said that he wanted to change something. And I found myself on the bench. You know, and I looked at the team shape, it was still the same, you know. So second half, we were winning 2-1, but the opponent, Castro, then was putting a lot of pressure on us. He now called me and said, you have to go in and try and keep the ball and, and relieve 
relieved the pressure a bit from our side. I said, okay. And uh, we got a counter. And when the ball got to me, you know, I had one thing in mind to try and, and finish. But then I didn't plan to hold on to it that long. You know, but whenever I raise my head, I will see an opponent. Whenever I raise my head, I will see an opponent. And I, I had the patience, you know, to wait for the right time to, to shoot. And luckily for me, it worked out very well. I didn't even know that I held the ball that long. It was after the game when I watched it, you know, and uh, the manager clearly told me that yeah. had it been, I didn't score that goal. That as long as he remains the manager of the team, that I will. You'd never play. Never play again, you know. And he was being serious. I think so, yeah. Because why that? You know, everyone, yeah. everyone else was celebrating me. Everyone else was congratulating me, you know. But for him to come in the middle of it to say, you know, it was a bit personal. But mm. I mean, uh, for me, football comes with a lot of risk as well. You have to be brave. You have to be. Yeah you know, um, willing to face the challenges that comes with it, you know. And uh, for me, that was like me stamping my authority to say, yeah. I belong here, I deserve to um, <laughs> be in the starting eleven. Or, or was it just them being, in a way, protective over their hero, Oliver Kahn, who's just been made to mincemeat? <laughs> you can say that, yeah. you know. I mean, in every country that I've played, they always like to promote their their own, yeah. but you have to get them in that position that they've got no choice but to recognize your talent. Did you ever speak to Oliver Kahn? If you know him, you don't want to get close to him after humiliating him <laughs> like that. So I've been avoiding him. <laughs> Even after retirement, you, yeah, well, I saw him once, but yeah, we never discussed that, you know, at all. No, at all, at all. But I'm sure it burns deep down inside. Well, of, co of course, Jeez. of course, you can you can see it in his face. But yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> we just have to avoid discussing that. <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this is a man who was the face of the World Cup in Germany. I mean, his, his posters coming out from the airport right across. You know, it was Oliver Kahn. He was, you know, he was the poster boy of that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you know, when you're playing, you don't. Like somebody like me, I don't really look at my opponent. Yeah. You know, I focus solely on my own duty you know my own job you know. but when you say you watch it now and you are quite fascinated by how much time you took on the ball i also as a fan would think oh sure okay now he's risking it like okay okay shoot now yeah but then it gets more beautiful because bodies are flying all over the place yeah. and you're like yes this this is the kind of football that i enjoy to watch especially when in the end, there's a goal. I mean, you see attempts similar to this now, and it's messy, and everybody celebrates and is happy to see that. I mean, Ronaldo would do it every time, the stepovers, etc. What, what do you make of the perception that has been given to those two versus a perception that would have been given to a JJ Okocha? Well, I think uh, um, that's the downside of um, us coming from this continent. Yeah. You know, um, well, they will always see us as third world, yeah. you know, human beings, you know, no matter what you do, you know. Um, sometimes, I mean, then they see us as if we're not sellable. And that's why 
most of the um, Ballon d'Or and all that will go to Europeans or South Americans, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, to be honest, us as Africans, we've got different challenges, yeah. you know. Or for us from day one, it's all about surviving. For us from day one, we face different challenges, yeah. you know. So you go there with that mindset, you know. I'm here to to save a community. Yeah. I'm I'm here I'm to have a brighter future. Mm. You know. Yes, it's it's great to have cabinet full of trophies, but if you're hungry after then I mean nobody will help you. you Can't know? eat the trophies. Exactly. You yeah. know, and especially as an African, you might struggle to get a job afterwards. Yeah. So you think about security as well. You know, so my focus was more on on my future, yeah. securing my future, making sure that I'm comfortable and my children and my community, if I can help, you know, to an extent, uh, we'll have a better future. You mentioned, and I just want one word, I'm, I have to go for a break. Um, you mentioned the word Ballon d'Or. This year's one should have been won by who? No comment. That's two words. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to get me in huh? trouble. I, I, no, not at all. It's, it's happened. It's happened. I, I mean, I mean, whoever they gave it to deserves it. You know, it's there for a reason. And I think um, it depends on if you what were, they, if you it, were a it judge. It depends on what they are looking okay. for. But if you were you a know? judge, who would you give it to? That's a that's a tough one, and maybe that's why I'm not a judge. <laughs> Hashtag MSW live on 947 Vuma FM, Rise FM, and Soweto Live at the same time. Hashtag MSW. Marawa Sports Worldwide. And it's exactly what we are chatting about here tonight. It is a Friday. It is JJ Okocha center stage. My guest tonight. See a lot of excited people on social media. Say, oh my goodness. Are you guys playing around with us? No, we're not. We're not. No, not at all. Not at all. That was JJ's job when he was a football player. Is uh, He would show you, you know, like play the show me your number, uh, that, as they call it here in South Africa. Enjoy the moment. So much to talk about as far as he's concerned. Maybe I'll get his thoughts as well about the Africa Cup of Nations coming up next year. And it sounds like a long time. <laughs> when I say next year, it's literally next month. That's how close... Uh, the Africa Cup of Nations is. Uh, he's somebody who would be no stranger uh, to AFCONs and maybe the rise of the Super Eagles. JJ, everybody talks about that. Like South Africa talks about, ah, the, the rise of Bafana Bafana never happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about what about from a Nigerian perspective? Well, I, I think we're on the same boat now. Yeah. You know, um, we won it last in 2013, I think. Um, it's obvious that it's not our bet right now. You know, you have to mm-hmm. end it now. You know, the gap have been breached. Other nations are proving stubborn now, and rightly so. Yeah. You know, so you have to prove that you, you're the best or amongst the best by winning your matches. But what's it going to take um, to get back to the Nigeria we know? What's it going to take? I mean, you've got so many superstars, JJ, playing in Europe. 
Well, I think it's all about structure, putting the right structure in place. Yeah. Because we can't tell you that we definitely know who the next stars will be because there's no continuity. You know, all we do is that, oh, there's a Nigerian playing in Belgium. He's scoring goals. Invite him. There's a defender somewhere in Vietnam. Oh, invite him. You know, we don't really keep track of our players. We need to put a structure in place and and have a model. You know, that was what we had during our time. You know, we, we had a, a foreign coach, but he was based in, in Nigeria. Yeah. He was scouting for local players and he built a team. And and I, I knew how difficult it was for a, a new player to get into the squad. You must be extremely good to get in, you know. But now we don't, we're all over the place. What, what about you, though, as far as leadership is concerned? It's the same thing in South Africa. Everyone keeps saying, hey, Lucas, Katebe must come and be the president of SAFA. We've seen in Cameroon, uh, you know, a legend of the game take charge as the president of yeah, the association. Boy, boy, you see, the truth is that it's highly political. They yeah. make it difficult for, for people like us to get involved, you know, because they see us as a threat. You know, so what they do is they get one or two... Um, as players that are struggling, you know, to say, oh, we still have former players involved. Yeah. You know, but we really need to get the ones that will add value to what we're doing involved. And and that's, for me, the only way to progress. So you would look at it, but only if it is not as politicized. Exactly. Yeah. You know. but I, think, I think we need you as a continent to be there. Well, I mean, uh, I would love to at some point, yeah. you know, but uh, it won't be fair to go into a fight that I know that I won't win. Yeah. You know, so what's the need? You know what the need is? The need is Bundesliga. The need is 60 years. The need is you being in the center of it all. And, you know, you guys were here last night. There was a, a big celebration. Talk me through that because it's hard to believe that this league professionalized it's 60 years now. Well, it's for me one of the best leagues in the world, you know, yeah. the best organized league in the world. A league that you can never hear that a team uh, is going into administration. You know, that's, that shows how strong and how well structured the league is. The league that gave me the opportunity to become a professional, yes, you know, and I'm saying that because it's the only league that I, I, I I've seen that that is patient with young players. Mm. You know, they they give you time to to mature. They leave you, give you time to grow. You know, and I can give you a few examples of foreign players that have gone to Germany, mm. mature and go back to home. You know, or even go go further to a bigger uh, clubs. You know. Uh, the current one is Jude Bellingham. Yes, you know, said Sancho, you know, uh, and, uh, and 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 many more. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it it is a a league that is very uh, attractive. Plays attractive football. This scores more goals than every other league, any other league in in Europe. You know, and their atten attendance is is awesome. You know, so but maybe the 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 difficulty that we have or we are having may, may be the um, language barrier, mm -hmm. you know, but we've started to reach out 
people, you know, trying to uh, promote the league, get them involved, you know. And, uh, yeah, we've been doing a great job so far. And, and you as a, an ambassador, I was saying to you off, uh, how many years has it been? And without answering, you answered me because it showed that it's been a relationship that stems many, many years. What, what does that say to you now, post-playing and the difficulties that you were describing in the beginning of our conversation uh, in just trying to get through into the Bundesliga, uh, make a name for yourself, have to face coaches that probably didn't like your style, but the rest of the world liked your style. And now the actual Bundesliga itself has you as an ambassador. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's a lot better now and a lot yeah. easier now. You know, um, I, I would say that um, Bundesliga and Africa have got a long relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's why I'm involved, you know, because uh, now I can tell my story. Now I can tell people about Bundesliga. I can, I can share my experience, you know, and I've realized also because of uh, in the other leagues that I played in, that it's the same everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, you need mm -hmm. to adapt. You need to uh, understand the local. You can't go to a place and, and want to change the people. You have to change mm -hmm. to, to, to learn how they live, how they, they behave, you know, to learn about the culture. And of course, uh, you will be accepted. You know, I think there, there, there's discrimination everywhere, even back home in Nigeria. Yeah, there, there's discrimination. But if you if you understand this, sometimes it might take a while. You know, if you're not yeah. that exposed, you know. But now I know better. Now I can tell people how it is. You know, and and what to expect. And uh, it's a wonderful place to to. Um, to play as a, a professional football player. So you were not surprised that an, an entire England captain in Harry Kane uh, moves from an EPL. Uh, <laughs> he is probably comfortable at Tottenham Hotspur, joins Bundesliga, um, not just any team, top, top team and scores for fun. For me, that, that speaks volume, you know, because uh, normally who would have thought that English player... Mm let alone the national team captain, is playing in, in Germany. You know, it shows how far the league have come. It shows how attractive the league is, you know, and, and um, yeah, it's a, a exciting moment for the, for the league. Talk about exciting. Um, tomorrow you're off to Alex. Uh, tell me more about this whole partnership that you have with Safe Hub uh, with the Bundesliga. I think um, it's a great um, partnership, a great platform for somebody like me, you know, who wants to give back. You know, uh, we've um, created a program tomorrow whereby um, kids will have a tournament, mm. you know. And, and for me, it, it goes beyond the tournament, you mm. know. What we are trying to do is to create a place that will keep children busy, you know, and, and, and limit the crime rate, you know, mm. on the street. Mm. And also it gives, uh, it provides job, jobs, uh, job opportunities, you know. And I think um, uh, it, is, it is great. It, it is what we need in some areas in Africa, in some, in some towns in Africa, you know, where crime rates are a bit high, you know, because the kids are not busy. 
you know, and we know that mm. football unites. Almost like a safe space. Safe hub. Yeah, for 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 kids, yeah. most especially the less privileged ones, but it's open for everyone, you know, and, and uh, we use that to to make sure that we keep them in school as well. What about you playing? Are you going to kick around? Because even if you're wearing, you know, top expensive shoes, I'm sure if there's a ball that's there, you're not going to look at it and say, oh, what's this? You're going to want to be a part of it. Well, I, I, I would say that I'm a junkie when it comes to <laughs> football, you know, in as much as I try to respect myself. Uh, I might get carried away. I might uh, keep it up a bit. No, but we want to see that. You know, we want to see that then, all the time. Then I will do it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I think people will just go to Alex tomorrow um, because there is that Bundesliga commitment to grassroots football uh, in Africa. As JJ was saying, creating a safe space all around. Um, tell me about this trophy, man. I, I've been looking at it. And as I say, I have not, am I allowed to call it a trophy or a period? Yeah, it, it, it's called a, a chale, which is like a plate, but it's, it's, of course it's a, it's a wonderful trophy. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I was saying that, that this is the closest I've come to winning it. You know? <laughs> so but I missed fin- it all the time. <laughs> I finished second with Eintracht, never won it. Wow. Uh, because of Bayern yes. uh, dominance. But I mean, uh, it's a wonderful trophy. Ooh. And it's on a heavily guarded tour here in South Africa because I, I mean, I'm looking at that. I'm even scared to touch it. Usually when they bring trophies here, I'm the first one to be like, yeah, this one I'm like, mm. <laughs> it looks like it could shock you. It can do all sorts of things. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful piece of art. And if you are watching... And following the conversation on YouTube, you you'll see it. We've got the shot right there, and we'll you know take a couple of pictures with JJ uh, with it as well. I mean, you. I always wanted to ask you about what happened with you and you, Hankies. Why was he so anti JJ Okocha? Well, it wasn't just me, you know. Tony Yeboah was Tony Yeboah well. and uh, Mauricio Gardino. Yeah. It was a funny situation, you know, because um, we were doing well, you know, uh, even before he came. Yeah. But he wanted to change things, and, and we thought that he wanted to change things in, in the right way, you know. Yeah. But it was just like... Um, a Friday training, you know, Friday trainings are like easy trainings. Mm. You do um, 6v2, you know, uh, to warm up and then some crosses and finishes. Mm. And then you go to the hotel and, and get ready for the game next day. But after the 6v2 uh, and the crossing and finishing, he called us together, you know, and started shouting that we were joking, you know, doing it. The training and so that you weren't taking it seriously. Yeah, that was what he said, and we were looking at each other. And then he said that uh, three of us have to come back in the evening to train. In the evening. Yeah, because we always train uh, the last training. Yeah, it's always in the morning, and then we go to camp in the evening and play the next day in the afternoon. So he said we have to come to training in the evening. But just three of us. And we were the only three foreigners in the team. Yeah, yeah. You know. So we said okay. 
in the evening we came, he took us to the forest and we ran. To the forest? Yeah. We all normally go for fitness training there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday morning. But he took us there. On the Friday? With, on the Friday with those that won't play on Saturday. Those that, that are not part of the squad for the game. So he ran us. After that, um, Tony said that uh, it's rubbish that what yeah. he's doing is rubbish that he can't take it, you know. So he said, oh, you can go home. So the other guy, uh, Mauricio Godino, said that he's tired, that he can't play, you know. He said, okay, you go home. And he, he asked me, what about me? Yeah. I said, what do you want me to say, you know? Um, well, that, I mean, the whole thing, he said, be too much for me as well, you yeah. know, but that I'm in shock. He said, okay, go and see the doctor. So I went to the doctor. The doctor gave me paracetamol. I said, I don't have headache. <laughs> you know, that, I said that the whole thing is too much for me. So yeah. he said, I can go home as well, you know. So we all went home. And then next day, we played, we, we won. Without without us, yeah. Uh, midweek we had a Europa Cup. Then you know it was called the UEFA Cup, and then we won again, and that was. And we were told to to leave, to leave, to look for another club. Wow, yeah. hey, it's rough in, in in Europe, man. It almost sounds like our guest um, last night, Nomvula Juale, who was here talking about her experience um, in Spain. And I think listening to that, there's similarities on many, many different fronts. Uh, an amazing journey. JJ, don't be a stranger. Um, next time, do pop through. Uh, hopefully, we, we do get to see you even in Cote d'Ivoire, um, Ivory Coast for the Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, who knows? You know, maybe we'll be there as MSW. And uh, do join the panel, sir, so that we get the best um, out of JJ Okocha. An honor to have spoken to you today. Thank you so much. Thank you very Pleasure much. It's mine. <laughs> yeah, the legendary, the one and only JJ Okocha. Catch you on Monday. Hashtag MSW live now. on nine four seven Vuma FM, Rise FM, and Soweto Live at the same time. Hashtag MSW.